Hi, I'm Erin McCann. I'm the founder and CEO of C plus B, which stands for Compassionate and Beneficial Management and the initials of two special needs adopted animals. And I have thought a lot about how to open this podcast. And I'm someone who struggles with perfectionism. So candidly, I've been putting this off while debating with myself over the past several weeks. And I've even recorded the first podcast interview, which I'm excited to share with you soon. But I've been going back and forth in my mind about how to introduce this series, what I'd like to say to help set the foundation for these conversations. And I kept going back and forth between different ideas until last night. Last night, I got the clarity that I needed. I'm in the process of moving from my home. And I was going through several boxes with the goal of decluttering. And these included some boxes from over a decade ago. And there's some very wise advice on decluttering that often suggests that if we haven't opened a box in at least a year, just get rid of it. Don't bother going through the contents. But I knew there were possibly some documents like medical documents that needed to be shredded or discarded properly. So I went ahead and opened the boxes anyway. And what I found included documentation from the first job that I had after graduating from Harvard Business School in 2012. And I'll talk in a bit about why I had retained this documentation and also why I hadn't wanted to look at it. So this was the first time I had gone through this documentation in many years. And while all of it was bringing up a variety of different challenging memories. In particular, there were some notes that I found that convinced me of sharing what I'm about to share. These notes might not look like much to anyone else, but I knew exactly what they were when I saw them. They were handwritten notes, me trying to put into words what I had experienced in a very brief amount of time and my attempt to talk about not only what I had gone through, but was actually experiencing in real time, including why I had quit a job I had worked very hard to get after only about two months of being in the position. And there was one note in particular that hit me very hard when I read it last night. And that note read, I'm fighting a cold. But the reality was I wasn't fighting a cold. I was battling depression from the workplace experiences that I had gone through that had resulted in me even struggling to get out of bed for the better part of a week and crying to such an extent that my voice sounded very hoarse, which is why I had written this note to try to acknowledge 
why my voice sounded so different from the beginning of these conversations. Looking at these notes and reflecting on the difference between what I felt I could say at the time versus what my actual experiences reflected led me to think very deeply about what I've shared so far in terms of my journey over the past decade plus, how I've talked about various experiences, and what I haven't talked about. And while I do value authenticity and have worked very hard to make sure I am being authentic and candid in all of my conversations about what led to founding C plus B, I've tended to focus on both the mission, which as part of compassionate and beneficial management is focused on sustainable, high-quality lives for people and animals. And I've also tended to talk about how I had to focus on learning health and well-being personally and professionally, making big changes personally and professionally beginning in about 2014 in order to help myself before I could help others. I talk about things like how I was burning the candle at both ends. I wasn't prioritizing sleep. I wasn't focused on nutrition. I wasn't getting consistent fitness. But I tend to start the conversation in 2014. I haven't yet talked about how I got there. And in particular, a series of events that played a major role in what led to me re-examining my priorities finding and recognizing what brings meaning and purpose to my life and how to navigate taking those areas that bring tremendous meaning and purpose, aligning my work and life with them and channeling this into work that leads to positive, compassionate, and beneficial management for people, animals, and nature. Put another way, some very kind people have described the work that I do as being a voice for the voiceless. And the implied question can be, how did I get there? How did I land on that type of work? And the answer is by being silenced. Now, I don't believe, whether I'm talking about my own experience or anyone else's experience, that we can boil down all of our decisions, all of our personal growth to one key moment. It's not only about one moment. But there were a series of experiences that played a major role in how I got here. What led to everything I just described and what led me to found C plus B. And being silenced was a big part of that. So I want to be very clear about my intentions as I move forward with this next part of what I'm about to say. What I say next will be the first time I've talked about several experiences publicly. I am not doing this for money. I am not talking about this for engagement metrics. And my aim here is not to heal old wounds. 
I have done a lot of work for myself personally and professionally. And over the past year, I have had to take a series of looks at a variety of different challenging experiences in my past. And one could refer to at least some of my experiences as a type of exposure therapy to those challenging experiences. And this being one set of experiences included among them. I've also been very open about the fact that I identify as someone with a disability. I have disability level anxiety. I identify as someone who is neurodivergent. I live with OCD. And I very recently started talking about how I am a member of the LGBTQIA plus community as a bisexual person. Now, when it comes to my experiences in 2012, I knew I had some level of anxiety, but I wasn't yet aware that I had disability level anxiety. I knew I had some OCD-like tendencies, but I would never have thought of it as true OCD and didn't describe myself that way. And I perceived myself as a straight cisgendered person. When it comes to these experiences, they led to increased understanding of myself in terms of anxiety and also led to such tremendous anxiety and OCD responses that they were apparent to others. And I'm grateful for those others and helping me get help, including participating in cognitive behavioral therapy and exposure therapy for anxiety and OCD. So there were positive things that came out of these experiences, and I'm very grateful in hindsight to have gotten to a place of founding C plus B, to have figured out where I find meaning and purpose in life. So there are positive things that have come out of this journey. Those positive things came from some very, very difficult challenges, and in particular, challenges in 2012. And I am now choosing to break my agreements, including my non-disclosure agreement, which I reluctantly signed in 2012 after being sexually harassed while working at the back plane. I had joined the back plane as a new graduate in the summer of 2012. I was excited about the opportunity to build on my experiences interning in the music industry, as well as at Groupon in terms of working on Groupon Live between my first and second year at Harvard Business School, and was tremendously excited about the mission of this company, which I viewed as focused on bringing people together around their passions around shared interest and excitement for music, for interior design, for any number of different industries, hobbies, and giving people a place to connect around those shared passions and interests. And during that time, I had some 
new and fascinating experiences. I was meeting with companies that I had admired from their product innovation, like Nike, to their innovation in music, like Jay-Z's team. I was engaging with potential collaborators in amazing spaces that I had only ever seen on shows like Sex in the City. I was involved in helping to take concepts and build examples of what those concepts might look like from a visual perspective, from a community perspective, just helping to take these concepts and translate them into materials that could help to guide conversations and ideally lead to new community development with artists, with innovators, with brands. It was a tremendously exciting opportunity for me. And in a very short amount of time, I had a series of experiences that I never would have anticipated. I was kissed without my consent by a male coworker, Sean Devlin. And I traveled with my boss, my direct supervisor, Matt Mickelson, to New York for a series of meetings directly tied to many of the highlights I just mentioned. And while there were lots of these positive aspects to the trip, there were also very disparaging remarks made to me and to other women about women. And I was instructed by my boss, my supervisor, to do something that I would have never anticipated and might seem small when I describe it, but still brings up tremendous feelings of embarrassment and shame over 11 years later. I was in the middle of what I thought to be a collaborator innovator meeting to develop communities around the Tory Burch brand and other brands. I was instructed by my supervisor Matt Mickelson, to adjust the necktie of his close friend and potential collaborator, J. Christopher Birch. Too often, conversations around things like what I just described are either dismissed, sometimes in comparison to more severe issues that might fall in the context of sexual assault rather than sexual harassment. In other cases, we can be quick to blame the victim and ask questions like, well, what was she doing or what was she wearing? What led to that situation? To brush it off is no big deal, simply part of working in business or law, or any number of other industries. Or to look at the situation and assume it's all about money. 
Now, as I mentioned from the beginning, this was never about money to me. What happened was that I not only experienced shock and regret and embarrassment and shame and questioned all the things I just mentioned, even to myself. What could I have done differently? Why was this happening? Why was I not treated as a collaborator in the meeting? Why would I ever be asked to do that? But I had to think about how to navigate communication within the company, how to navigate next steps in a small startup that did not have an HR department, how to try to put it aside and focus on the work, and ultimately felt like I could not stay in this role and do those things. At the time, it was important to me that I left on my own terms, and I simply wanted the ability to be able to find a new job that was a better fit culturally. When we talk about workplace culture, that would give me a chance to start fresh. And it had only been a couple months, so my hope was that I could treat it more like an internship and find a new opportunity, including with companies that I had engaged with not that long prior as I was determining where I was going to go after graduation. I didn't want money. I just wanted what dignity I could protect. And I wanted the respect of potential employers. I don't want to look like a flake. I don't want to look like someone who had flippantly decided that this just wasn't perfect enough. And I needed a new job already after only two months. But I was pressured to sign a separation agreement that included non-disclosure, included things related to privacy being of the utmost essence and essentially would prevent me from saying anything at all about these experiences and therefore why I was leaving. I'd chosen to quit the company without having lined up another job. I didn't want to sign. Spoke with more than one attorney to navigate my options with exactly what I just mentioned in mind. How do I simply move forward and acknowledge I'm not interested in going to court? I don't care about the money. Care about being able to find a better fit for me in a new place of employment. The reality was then, and from what I can tell, is still today. That sadly, too often, these conversations all come down to the money. No matter what one says, choosing not to sign an agreement can and may be interpreted as someone indicating they will then be pursuing matters in court, presumably for more money. So I was essentially told those are your options. And given 
power and resources of the men I was mentioning, given the nature of what had happened. Not only did I not want to go to court, going to court would have led to all the questions I've mentioned and more in terms of most of this being conversational. And essentially, at best, leading to a settlement that would make it very difficult to find employment in the future because I could be perceived as litigious. So for a very small amount of money, this was never about the money, I signed away my ability to talk and had to say things like, there was a deep mismatch of values as the explanation for why I chose to quit a job I had very much been excited about and wanted within a two-month period of time following graduation. In navigating the signing of this document, the only thing I really wanted was a one-line, red-line edition that essentially took the non-disparagement that would be required of me and made it mutual. I knew that this was just a document. I knew that it wouldn't necessarily influence anyone's behavior, but I at least wanted to feel like I wasn't going to be lied about, to be talked about in a negative way for experiences that had happened to me by men. Sean Devlin, Matt Mickelson, and J. Christopher Burge. But as I was reminded last night in going through old documentation, I couldn't even get that. I was essentially told that I hadn't brought in any business for this company within a two-month period, and I should be grateful for what I got. And after signing that document, I struggled to get out of bed for about a week. It was a win if I got up to make food. Now, I didn't have an animal in my care at my time. The only person in my care was me directly, and I was in a relationship, as I mentioned, and my partner at the time helped me not only navigate next steps in terms of engaging my network and moving on relatively quickly to a new position at Twitter, but he also helped me articulate my feelings, recognize how my anxiety and OCD were surging from these experiences, and ultimately helped me enroll in cognitive behavioral therapy and exposure therapy for anxiety and OCD later on. Why do I share this? 
while I am certainly biased in the sense that I'm talking about my own experiences, I've had a lot of time to process this. It's been 11 years. I've done a lot of work on myself. I have done a lot of work in re-examining my priorities, redesigning my life, and really focusing on positive change based on what I was able to do for myself and what I have been able to help others do for themselves, for their families, including animals, for nature and the planet. And when it comes to any positive change, especially when it comes to compassionate and beneficial change, can't make change without acknowledging the problem. In this case, see this as a series of problems. I already mentioned some of them in terms of the way we, myself included, can respond when we hear terms like sexual harassment. The reality is, whether we're talking about this in the context of workplace bullying, whether we're talking about this in the context of workplace justice or equity, whether we're talking about this in the context of mental health, physical health, broken systems, representation in leadership, and more, we have to start by acknowledging many problems. My hope is that in sharing these experiences, helping to model what I hope to come out of interviews and other discussions throughout this series, which is authentic, vulnerable conversations that help us to start by identifying problems and ideally navigate pathways and achieve positive, compassionate, and beneficial change and creating the space for others to feel safe sharing in these conversations. Candidly, this has been very difficult for me to talk about. I wanted to make sure I was talking about it while still in a reflection from last night. So I have put aside my perfectionism tendencies and taken a bit more conversational approach for this first recording. I'm still learning many aspects of what it means to develop and share a podcast. My hope is that this resonates with at least one person. I would love to hear any thoughts or feedback you'd be willing to share. I would love to hear what other questions this sparks for you. This is certainly the starting point for a wide range of conversations that I hope to have. And I welcome any thoughts or feedback you'd be willing to share. To learn more about C plus B, please check out cplusb.com. And to share any thoughts or feedback, please feel free to reach out and direct message in comments or by sending me an email at aaron at cplusb.com.
Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll join me again soon. Thanks so much for joining this episode of the Compassionate and Beneficial Living podcast. Please follow, subscribe, share your comments, share with others, and let us know what topics you'd like to hear covered next.